It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 15th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll mainly be doing our chat with Stuart Hodge. He, he works for... Uh, he freelances for uh, Sky, Sky Sportsnet in, in the UK uh, and occasionally comes on the podcast, kind of flips the tables on me, asks me some big questions that are going on with the magic. Uh, so, we'll, so we'll get him to come in and, and kind of get me answering questions rather than monologuing a little bit. So the majority of the podcast will be on that. But I also want to touch on the Magic City Edition jerseys and also the Magic's game against the San Antonio Spurs on Friday. So a little bit of a longer podcast on this Friday. I hope you stick with us. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic, there's a podcast for every single team in the NBA covering their team with a local expert who knows their team best. You want to get the best information? You go directly to the guys who watch, guys or girls, who watch their sport, the mo- who watch their team the most. Whether it's Locked On Spurs getting ready for Friday's game or Locked On Wizards looking ahead to Sunday's game. Honestly, go ahead and listen to Locked On Timberwolves because the Timberwolves played the Spurs on Wednesday. They play the Wizards on Friday, so you'll get a good glimpse of both teams from them as well. You can check out all these great podcasts wherever you download podcasts today. Search uh, search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Also, be sure to check out Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast, as well as all of our great podcasts in the NBA, NFL, MLB, College, and NHL networks, too. You can find them all wherever you download podcasts to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Before we get into kind of the big overarching uh, thing things of the of, of the season so far or uh, uh, with, with Stuart, I, I did want to hit on the big news event of the day. At a season ticket holder event held at the NBA Experience at Disney Springs, the Orlando Magic unveiled their City Edition jerseys. The long-awaited orange jerseys, the orange juice jerseys, if you will, finally made their debut. And a little bit underwhelming, but mostly because we were concerned they would be really bad. I would say this. I'm not a fashion guy. I don't know what colors work, what colors don't work. I think essentially orange and a blackish gray. It's it's officially called gray anthracite. Um, you know, Nike's got to put a name on, put a name and a label on everything. But um, yeah, orange and blackish gray is not a bad color combination. It, it works for Halloween, at least. Um, knowing what the court looks like or having having seen a, a rendering of the court, these jerseys match what we've been, get, what we've at least been leaked as far as what the court looks like. Um, and not just what Terrence Ross leaked, although he did confirm exa- pretty much exactly what was leaked was correct, that that's what the court will look like. The jersey is, again, a, a blackish-gray base. So it's called black anthracite. I, I, I don't think that means anything to anyone. So it's blackish-gray with ORL in orange across the chest. Orange kind of piping and trim on the trunks and, and, uh, and, and the numbers in orange as well. To say the least, I think a lot of us thought that the Magic would go full orange on this one. You know, orange base, just go really, not necessarily bright neon orange, but really kind of lean into the orange aspect of this. But I have to say, I, I, I think that that would have been, you know, something that would have really divided a lot of people or really been something a little too different for this team, especially since blue, black, and silver are have essentially been the Magic's color palette uh, for their entire existence. Um, you know, they've either worn a blue jersey, a black jersey, a white jersey, and then there's that one silver jersey that we do not talk about ever, 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 ever. This jersey is very different, and the whole idea of going to orange is a very different idea. And there was a lot of opportunity, perhaps, to mess this up. 
Um, I think it was reported by John Denton of uh, of OrlandoMagic.com, or at least it was certainly confirmed by Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel. Or of, of sorry, of the Athletic, that there were several iterations of this jersey that the Magic worked with Nike on this jersey for several years. And so some of you might say, well, that's what they came up with. Well, I tend to think of it as of well it probably could have been a lot worse. I mean, I've seen how the Dallas Mavericks City Edition jersey is getting panned. I actually like that jersey. I think it's it's pretty 90s, 90s-esque. Um, but it's like a 90s graffiti style. But um, I have to say, I think that what the Magic did here was they tried to do something different. Um, they tried to to reach into something that's, that's connected to the city in, in some way and be a little bit different than their normal look. Introducing orange to this look, doing it gradually... I think is probably the right call. They get, uh, as Josh Robinson, the Athletic reported, this year's City Edition jersey and next year's City Edition jersey are already set. So uh, I would imagine, if I'm a guessing, if I'm a betting man, if you want an orange Magic jersey, you will get one next year. If, if I'm a betting man, if I'm guessing, and this is pure guessing, that the City Edition jersey for next year will be this jersey flipped with orange jersey, Black anthracite or, or darker coloring in, in the letter in the lettering and, and stuff. Maybe even just a straight orange on orange, which Nike loves to do as well. This is all to say, I think that this was a conservative approach to a new look. Um, it isn't everything everyone wanted, but it's not everything everyone feared. It's a jersey. It looks good. I think it'll look better when it's put on the court that the Magic will play it on, which is an orange court. With black with black sidelines and baselines and orange lettering, um, I, I think that it will it will be fine. Um, I think that the Magic have been willing to try new things. Uh, I do give them a lot of credit. Uh, I know a lot of people did not like the original City Edition jerseys, which was the star, which was the uh, it's not officially called the Stars jersey, but the uh, the original City Edition jersey was this was a space jersey. I, I thought that that was. An interesting idea, and I applauded them for the effort. I thought that was something different and unique without going too far overboard or changing too much, and I thought it looked better in person than it did on paper when, when, when you saw images of it on its own. I thought it looked better in person. But this jersey, I think, had a lot of potential to, to screw up, <laughs> to, for, for, to be frank, uh, to, to be just a little too much. And I think that they went safe which you can argue is a good thing or not. It's, it's a jersey. Are you going to buy it or not is really the question that matters. I think they went safe uh, and, and they did something that will be good. People will like it and, you know, stand the test of time. Maybe, maybe not. But I think it is something that, uh, that you know, will be something that they can grow from and, and with next year's edition and, and see what they can sell merchandise-wise. So the Magic City Edition jersey is officially out. They actually did not announce the court. The court is still not official, but, you know, Terrence Ross accidentally Instagrammed it, and we've seen, photo, we've seen at least renderings of it. So I would imagine on November 29th against the Toronto Raptors when the Magic debut these jerseys at the Amway Center, we will see them do so on an orange court. So... If you want to see these jerseys in action, your first chance will be November 29th, so get excited for that. Moving on, though, to Friday's game. The Orlando Magic will take on the San Antonio Spurs. A lot of the focus at Magic practice on Thursday was on sort of getting back into good habits. Um, it's sort of getting back into, into kind of the defensive mindset they need to get in. Um, you know, I think Steve Clifford said that, that the team's defense in the first three quarters against the Philadelphia 76ers was not good enough. Um, they, they really struggled getting into the ball, being physical, and, and that's been a constant drumbeat and a constant problem for this team throughout the early part of the season. Just the physicality hasn't been consistent, and that's going to be vital for this team because they, they, I mean, they were really good defensively, even you know, a, 105 off, a 105 defensive rating, playing bad defense. That should win you a lot of games still. Um, so I think there, there, there's this belief that the Magic have a higher standard defensively and that, that they can do a whole lot more on the defensive end. Uh, and so, seeing the Magic play the way they did on, on Wednesday, first three quarters wasn't acceptable. The way they played against Indiana wasn't acceptable. And so, uh, the Magic getting some practice time at home on this homestand certainly are hoping to use that time to kind of get their habits down, to get their principles down, to drill things a little bit deeper uh, so that when they are on the road, they don't have the same practice time and the same accessibility to, to the resources that they have at the Amway Center. 
they will be able to uh, they will be able to implement stuff just by watching tape. Um, and so that's kind of a big kind of the big thing. Orlando's still trying to fine tune their offense, which has been slowly making a turn for recovery. It's it's looked a lot better in the last uh, five games. Orlando actually has five of their best of their six best offensive games in their last five games. So the offense is starting to make a turn, and they want to make sure the defense is there with it. But the offense is starting to make a turn, and that's obviously a good sign. This San Antonio Spurs team is going to test the defense. The one thing the Spurs do really well is they execute, um, and, and when they're on, they pass the ball really well. This, this team still has DeMar DeRozan and Marcus Aldridge, guys who can create their own shot. They still have some good shooters, um, but they, they are still a team that can execute at a really high level. But at least so far this season, this is not the Spurs you remember. Or they haven't reached that level yet. They haven't gotten there yet. I, I think there's been... The, I know John Hollinger of The Athletic wrote a think piece. Kevin O'Connor of The of the Ringer obviously wrote a think piece wondering if this is finally it for the Spurs. If there's truly something different about this Spurs team that they're not going to be able to recover and be the Spurs. Or, you know, like a, a really a team that's, that's within the Western Conference pecking order. Um, and, and, you know, you watch them and you do kind of wonder because they got a lot of young guys making young guy mistakes. Uh, I know from following Spurs Twitter that, that rotations have been an issue, that you know favoring some of the veterans has been an issue. And I have to say, those other Spurs teams, they defended really well. This Spurs team does not defend well at all. I, mean, I think they, they get beat a lot on cuts. They'll get beat on ball movement. Uh, you know Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns were able to get shots off that they wanted in the game on Wednesday. Um, they, they, can, they, they get beat in transition fairly easily. And so, if Orlando plays defense, and San Antonio's offense is very good, it's going to be very difficult. Um, if Orlando is able to play defense and generate off, and gener- play defense at, at any level and, and play offense at the level that they've been playing at the last five games, San Antonio is, is struggling right now. The Magic can get this win. In fact, the Magic are favored. Uh, last time I checked, uh, I have no, I have no, you know, reason to believe that they will not be favored once again, uh, or that they will not be uh, the team that feels like they should win this game. Um, it, it's going to be tough. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of challenges. This is a good Spurs team, but you know, Orlando was able to kind of run them out of the gym in the preseason. Preseason, I know, so don't read too much into it. But this team's defense is just not on a string. So if Orlando's defense is on a string and their offense is able to, to get points off of that defense, this is a game that the Magic should be able to win and should be able to get to 2-1 and one on their homestand or, or to 3-1 and one on their homestand and essentially clinch a winning homestand, which would be really, really big. I mean, I, I think I've said this before. I really think this homestand is very big to riding the ship for the Magic. Outside of that Indiana game, I think it's hard to argue that the Magic haven't righted the ship. Getting a win on Friday, getting a win on Sunday would provide a lot of confidence for this team moving forward into the next phase of the schedule. The Orlando Magic take on the San Antonio Spurs at 7 o'clock at the Amway Center on Friday. I'll try and come on Saturday and do a quick podcast recapping the game for you uh, for your weekend listen. Um, but uh, if not, we'll, we'll talk about it hopefully Sunday before wa- the Washington game. And if not, then I'll, I'll touch upon it on Monday as well. Before we move on into our conversation with Stuart, Use your basketball knowledge to prove you have what it takes at mybookie.ag, where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA and mybookie will match 50% of your first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA and mybookie will match 50% of your first deposit. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are now joined by our usual guest, Stuart Hodge, who's here to kind of flip the tables on me and ask me some questions to get a sort of different perspective or have me kind of interact a little bit more uh, and, and get some questions here on this early season. But first, Stuart, 
How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, Phil. Um, I must admit, feeling a good bit better after watching last night's game. Uh, <laughs> before that, there was there was a kind of negativity sort of surrounding all things Magic related to start the season. But um, generally, in terms of work for myself, it's been a busy time covering lots of hoops um, here in the UK for the, the main broadcaster and, and digital website covering the NBA in the UK, Sky Sports. So yeah, busy time, um, but can't complain working covering hoops. What's not yeah. so like? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're, we're recording this here on Thursday morning, so if anything happens afterward, it's not our fault, but definitely a, definitely a, a much-needed win over the Philadelphia 76ers. I think I said on, on last night's Locked on Magic that this was a the first real marquee win for the Magic this season and, and something that, that they definitely, definitely really needed uh, just to, just to kind of regain confidence and we'll, we'll see how that changes um you know we're we're in the we're in this middle of this five game homestand two games left uh, on this homestand if they if they can get those last two games and I think the magic will be in really good shape to be back at 500 by the end of the month which I think will put the team kind of back you know maybe not where they need to be but back on course for sure yeah, I think the disappointment is um, there was a lot made of the fact there wasn't a massive amount of roster turnover, so we all thought, yeah, that's good. That means the Magic might benefit from that familiarity, etc., etc. But maybe there wasn't quite as much to read into that as as people might have thought to, to begin with, because Markel Fultz obviously has played significant minutes, Alfredo Camino as well. So it's it's not there has been sort of a bit in terms of the the kind of new faces in there. Mo Bamba back in after Ken Birch played the latter stages of last season. So that continuity that a lot of people were talking about maybe not quite as much of a factor as as people were thinking. And and given the the sort of record we had, um, especially prior to last night's morale boosting win, um, then I think that's definitely come to bear in the early stages of the season. Yeah, I, and I, I think I think on that point there, there's two things here. Um, you know, I think I think throughout training camp everyone talked up continuity, but you know Steve Clifford would say you know continuity is only as much as we make of it. And, and I would argue, uh, perhaps uh, on on a second front that that the 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 continuity of the bench was disrupted a little bit because you do add Markel Fultz, you do add Mo Bamba, you do add Alfred Camino, and uh, at the end of last season, the bench was really what what changed a lot. Uh, the starters were really good, you know, were, were really really good, but the bench unit was a lot better. And, and Steve Clifford found the right rotation and combinations to make that work. And and yeah. he's had to spend a lot of this early season kind of reconfiguring what combinations work with the players that they have. And obviously, they made a change to the starting lineup in the process. The other factor to the continuity thing that I think fans have kind of overlooked, and I think the Magic honestly have downplayed a little bit uh, more than 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 what actually happened was last year the magic were incredibly injury lucky um they had you know all six of their top players play 76 games and yeah. I, and I think they understood that was probably not going to happen again and in fact in training camp you had injuries to Aaron Gordon you had injuries to Nikola Vucevic you had injuries to Terrence Ross and they weren't major injuries. I don't think they were like huge injuries that required them to sit out. If, if they if they were playing regular season games, they would have played through them. But at the same time, I think those injuries disrupted the preparation and kind of getting Absolutely. the team back into rhythm that they needed to have, that you need to have in the preseason. And with the preseason so much shorter, now you have to let that bleed into the regular season a little bit. And so you're, right now, I think you're starting to see guys get back into rhythm. Nikola Vucevic is starting to look like himself. Aaron Gordon's starting to look like himself. Terrence Ross sat out a couple games to let his knee rest. He's starting to look like himself again. And and I, so, so I think the injuries played a little bit bigger of a role than we want to think, than we want to say in, in how slowly this team got, got off to the start. Yeah, I think you summed it up with the word rhythm, really. Um, and I think that's what was lacking in the early stages. And what would be annoying is you would see short spells of the kind of ball movement and player movement that we saw last season that was it was so effective for the Magic that, that basically they need to be effective in offense. And don't get me wrong, throwing bricks throughout the opening uh, sort of half dozen or so games, maybe a bit more, that that's obviously going to be a factor that's, that's going to stop you winning. Um, and I think... Rhythm, yeah, uh, that, that's the word there. That that rhythm was disrupted, um, and the Magic need players to be making shots to win games. But I think the, the one thing that was concerning for me was there didn't seem to be a great deal of... I, I used a word in a tweet where I said, I thought there was a disappointing lack of coaching ingenuity at times. And I think Steve Clifford is doing a thing where he's, he's throwing out the same players, and he's... 
if it doesn't work on offense, it's not as if he seems to have necessarily a plan B where he can go, do you know what, let's try a few different wrinkles, whatever. It's basically these players are going to make shots or they're not going to make shots. And that's it. That's the determining factor. There doesn't seem to be, for me at times, um, that ability to, to maybe change things up, to, to try um, sort of reworking a few plays to try and make sure that those shots do begin to fall. And I think that reliance on sort of tried and tested methods and a lack of responsiveness and creativeness, if that's not working, that's a factor that I must admit did concern me a bit um, from a coaching standpoint in the early stages of the season. Where, where do you stand on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're you know we're in an interesting part for Steve Clifford. Um, you know, I, I think some of it, some of it, uh, some of those issues are are just the limitations of this roster. I mean, I, I think. People have criticized the Magic for not focusing enough on on improving the offense during the offseason because Orlando was the eighth best defense in the league last year, but the twenty second best offense. So, so everyone kind of understood that uh, that this team was going to struggle to score or wasn't going to be an elite scoring team, even though they finished the season. Um, I think the final thirty one games they were sixth or seventh in offensive rating. So, I mean, they, they they can score a lot of points for long stretches, but that's really not this team's strong suit. And so, it, there's definitely criticism with signing Al Farouk Aminu and. You know, and and bringing in another defensive-minded guy when when this team's offense was was really a struggle. I would kind of argue back at them. Well, you know, the, they spent the majority of their money this offseason bringing back two of their best offensive players. So, you know, it, it's a little bit of both. But at the same time, you know, this is really the part in Charlotte that Steve Clifford struggled with. Um, he built really strong defenses. He the foundation that he builds are teams that are. Top ten, nearly elite in, in defensive rating and on defense, and is are consistent defensively. But he really struggled in Charlotte, where I think Magic fans pointed to like this is why you know we got to be careful with Clifford, or Hornets fans would say this is why we were frustrated with Clifford. Is he his offensive ingenuity isn't isn't great? Um, you know he's going to trust his guys, and again, part of that is the roster. The Magic just don't have a lot of shooters. I mean, if if you're if you're putting lineups out there without Terrence Ross and Evan Fournier, you're, you're not going to have a lot of outside shooting, especially if DJ Augustine has to be on the ball. So teams are right to, uh, to, to throw a lot of, uh, throw a lot of uh, uh, kind of zonish uh, uh, matchups on them and mm-hmm. try and force them to shoot from the outside. Uh, the Washington Wizards on Sunday play a lot of zone defense. Well, we will see a 2-3 zone uh, in that game, and Orlando's going to have to find a way to break it down, get open shots, and get to the basket, um, which you know is much tougher against his own defense. Um, Steve Clifford kind of reaches this point. He builds the foundation, but he doesn't take that next step. And that's really, yeah. you know, you don't want to you don't want to write him off just because he failed at it in Charlotte. But this is the part where he has to kind of take that next step that that he does that he hadn't yet. Yeah, totally. I mean, what he did last season was exactly what you you were hoping he was going to do first season because it was the exact same impact he had in his first season in Charlotte where he made the team stop turning the ball over quite as much. They were a lot harder working on defence. All of those factors were all all there. But what there wasn't was, uh, in Charlotte, as you say, was that ability to take the next step and make the team a force on both ends. Make the team someone that is feared and that, that, that you wonder on any given night how you're going to keep that team quiet because if one sort of way of scoring um, and and certain guys combinations doesn't work then there are various other ways that you can go about it Steve Clifford didn't ever get to the stage in Charlotte where he was able to do that and I think and some of that was also personnel let's I mean let's let's not put it all on on Clifford the personnel in Charlotte very similar to this Orlando team they had one central figure in Kemba Walker and not a lot of shooters around him yeah that, that that's true but, as you say, this is the big question for Steve Clifford now. And don't get me wrong, the guy, given what he managed to do last season, has earned a bit of trust, a bit of time um, to figure it out, to, to, to make sure that he can maybe take that next step in his own development as, as an NBA head coach. But if we reach this sort of stage, say, next season, and the same problems are still showing with the Magic, then at that stage you would have to say, right, we're going to have to ask some questions here. Has Steve Clifford taken the magic as far as he can? And I suppose even at this stage, you you would wonder that. If, if the magic continue to 
reach these same barriers and, 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 and not manage to answer the same questions that, that, that he didn't manage to answer in Charlotte and that the Magic haven't managed to answer definitely at the start of this season for, for, for the vast majority of the time, then that is a question that you have to, to have in your head throughout this season is how much further can Steve Clifford take this roster? That said, I don't think it's time to, to sort of throw the toys out the pram and say, right, we need to change the head coach because that, that, that would just be ludicrous um, at such an early stage in the season, especially given what's gone before. Now, next topic is, <laughs> I think there is a widespread acknowledgement and don't get me wrong, uh, the one thing you would say about the Hammond-Weltman front office team is that they do not let much slip. So when you read stuff in the press that is saying, yeah, the Magic want help with scoring and they are interested in DeMar Rosen, then I think it has to be taken with a pinch of salt because I think if the Magic are going to be doing any business, they're not going to be leaking um, what exactly what they're going to be doing. Of course, it could come from the other side, but... I don't think it would be in anyone's interest to to sort of go about business that way. Now, with DeMar DeRozan specifically, would he be the type of player that the Magic need? I think there is an acknowledgement that that there does need to be a bit more scoring on this team. Um, And that, yes, you can wait for players to develop and and reach a, a level of maturity and development in their games where they're actually offering a bit more on that end. But even at this stage, I think the Magic recognise that the balance in the roster is probably slanted slightly too much towards defence. So if you had to maybe sacrifice one defender or a defender and, and a young player with potential or a pick to try and get a bit more scoring, I do think that is something that they would be open to. But the DeMar DeRozan thing specifically, I would ask a couple of questions of you. A, do you think there's much in that? Do you think it's just rumour or do you think that there might be a bit of substance to it? And B, what could he bring to the Magic? Is he the right type of player that we would be looking for? Uh, you know, so I, I think the first thing is it's it's still really early to talk seriously about trades. I know, I, I know trades and player movement are a big kind of motivator and mover uh, as far as fan discussion and kind of NBA uh, zeitgeist, um, you know, it, 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 it is a thing, and, and we will get there. We're, but we're not in trade season yet. So I think that at this point, you know, a lot of teams are just kind of exploring and seeing what other teams are thinking about. When when I when I, when I I read, you know, the thing that I took more from Kevin O'Connor's piece, because his, his piece is really about the Spurs and what they do in the future. And there's been a few of those lately, because the Spurs are sitting at, I think, five and six right now. Um, and... They don't quite look right. I mean, I, I I have a few friends in Spurs Twitter, and 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 their comments, you know, seem to be frustrated with some rotation decisions, kind of loyalty to old guard guys, not turning it over to the young guys, and mm-hmm. so it does feel like San Antonio as a franchise is in a little bit of a transition, and that's gotten a lot of people uh, thinking, yeah, and gotten a lot of people kind of thinking like, you know, is this finally where the Spurs, you know break it apart and, and start and begin to start over a little bit. Um, but it's it's still really early. So what I took more from that Kevin O'Connor line, because it's really just a line in a bigger article, and it's a good article, I definitely suggest people read it. Um, what I took from that was the Magic are just putting feelers out already. They're just, you know, they know that offense is their weakness. And, and it's been bad to start the year, and it'll get better, and we're seeing it get better. The Magic have played probably, I think, five of their best six offensive games in the last five games. Yeah. Um, so, so the offense is starting to turn a corner and starting to at least be respectable. I'm not saying it's good. It's respectable. Um, and it's certainly respectable enough if they play defense the way that they're capable of playing defense. Um, but what, what, what it tells me is the Magic do recognize that there is a fundamental problem with their offense and that if they are going to like take the next step, they've got to be ready to make a major move. Um, you know, I think... I wrote this uh, in my in my ten observations from the first ten games of the season. I think the Magic's offense will be fine. I think that they'll be about where they were last year as far as the rankings go. They'll be able to turn it on and, and score a lot of points, but ultimately they're going to struggle to create when they get into the playoffs. And at the end of the day, that's what we got to focus on. If this is a true playoff team, if this is a team that's going to take that next step and, and compete for home court advantage and compete for something real besides just a playoff berth, they've got to be able to score in the playoffs. Uh, and without a player who can kind of create his own shot and, you know, score in isolation sometimes because offenses break down in the, in the playoffs, 
Without that guy, the Magic are going to struggle in the playoffs, no matter how good their defense is. You know, Markel Fultz is going to help a little bit with that on-ball creation, but, you know, I still don't know how much you can trust him, certainly not this year. Uh, and so it, it doesn't surprise me then that Orlando is looking at some of the bigger fish on the market. Mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan has a player option for next year, and so he can opt out and become a free agent. And if he became a free agent, you know, he would probably be the, you know, Anthony Davis is the biggest fish in the market. He would probably be the second or third biggest free agent in the market. And there's not a lot of teams with cap room, so he could put the Spurs in a little bit of a bind by forcing them to pay him a little bit more or extend his contract out. Or he could go look for another, you know, big payday, another four-year payday to kind of round out his career because he's in his early 30s, so he's nearing the end of his end of his prime. Um, for the for the Magic uh, on Demar Derozan specifically, I think that he would fit in some in the way that he is an isolation scorer. You can give him the ball alone in the mid post, and he yep. will create a shot for himself and make it. He is he is capable of doing that. Overall, for the Magic. With, the, with how poor their outside shooting is, I don't think he would necessarily be the right fit. Yeah, that's where that's but, I'm at on it. But I will say this. I, I do think the Magic, the whole goal for this year for, for me as, as, a, as, a, as someone who watches and observes the Magic, the goal for me as a general manager of the Magic or as a management group in, in the, with the Magic is we need to replicate last year's results so we can be good enough to get in on the next kind of disgruntled star, the next you know big, the next star that wants out of a situation and wants to trade somewhere. So you have a bunch of young guys, and you only have to trade out maybe an Aaron Gordon or a Nikola Vucevic or even an Evan Fournier, and, and you know maybe a couple couple guys off the bench to get that, and, and maybe a pick or two to get that guy and kind of complete your team to take you to that next level. Because I mean. I, I am still bullish on this team. I still think the Magic will make the playoffs. I still think they'll have a, a good season. You know, maybe not a great season, but a good season. But I think to get to the next level, they're going to have to mix up this mix up this core a little bit. They're, they're going to have to break yeah. this core up a little bit and start moving on to the next sort of generation, if you will. And, and, and I'm not sure DeRozan's the guy, but I wouldn't be surprised to hear the Magic come up in trade rumors like this once trade season really picks up in December. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, DeMar DeRozan, I'm totally with you. The Magic need an ISO scorer. Um, <laughs> ideally a couple. <laughs> um, but I, I think you need someone that can shoot the long ball as well. And DeMar DeRozan can't do that. Um, the observations about the Spurs I found quite interesting because, yeah, this could be the year that that playoff streak finally comes to an end. Um, and you would almost hate to see it, wouldn't you? Because I'm just such an admirer of what Popovich has done. Um, with San Antonio uh, and especially when you saw the, the, the Tony Parker stuff and, and all of that the other day it maybe just does feel a bit like the end of an era um, at the AT&T Centre and, and yeah it would be interesting to see if they do choose to change it up but okay parking the idea of DeRozan being the guy I still think it's worth discussing who on the magic were there to be someone that we did want to trade for what would that package necessarily be who do you think is entirely off limits? Who do you think is a sort of high sort of value trade asset that the Magic might have? And who are you unsure on? Who would you actively like to move on? And who maybe is not, nobody's going to want? Because maybe you could argue Nikola Vucevic with the length of the deal, his age, etc. Um, how much upside has he got? Would people necessarily want to, to have a package centred around him? There's loads of questions in there. So who's off the table, first off? Let's see if we agree on the, uh, the, the, the most The most untouchable player on the Magic's roster, uh, and essentially you'd have to give me LeBron James, you know, Anthony Davis, you know, top the top, top guys to get him. Yep. Guys completely off the table for me is Jonathan Isaac. Absolutely. He is... He is I, I would argue he's been the best player on the team to start the season. No, um, you know, last, last, last night was maybe his worst or second worst game of the year. So he's not consistent yet, but the whole future is Jonathan Isaac. Um, yeah. I mean, it, even just watching him do those, those uh, he did that mid-post turnaround fadeaway move. If he gets that down, if that becomes a thing that he does every night, he's, he's going to be tough to stop. He's going to be really, really difficult to stop. Um, so I, I'm... I'm I'm really excited for Jonathan Isaac. Uh, they, I, I was looking at it. The, mat, the the league hasn't had someone 
hasn't had a perimeter player lead the league in blocks since Andre Karolenko in 2005. And, and I think Jonathan Isaac is going to flirt with joining that club. I mean, yep. blocks per game is, is the center's domain, not the not a wing's domain. And, and I would consider Isaac a wing. Um, I, I, I've been racking my brain through this. And if, if Isaac keeps this defense up, um, I would venture to guess that Jonathan Isaac could already be the best perimeter defender in magic in magic history or he's certainly on his way to being the best perimeter defender in magic history and and I I don't like saying those things I don't say that lightly but I cannot think of a guy who does all the who who impacts the game defensively the way Isaac does from the perimeter that that's worn a magic uniform um you know certainly there've been good defenders you know Michael Petrus was a great defender Anthony Bowie Donald Royal were great defenders but not like this guy um and so I I think you know at 21 years old third year in the league Isaac is super promising. You, you can kind of hear even his teammates say this, that his defense has just been incredible. Like, they're, they're kind of in awe at, at him. And, and I know Evan Fournier, he's, he's said it several times, like, Jonathan Isaac's our X factor. Like, we will go as far as Jonathan Isaac's development can take us because, you know, we're not going to run plays for him, but he's going to find ways to score and he's going to find ways to impact the game. They're still not running plays for him. And he's still, you know, clearly just the most impactful player on the floor. So to me, unless you're giving me LeBron James, you know, the top, top, top guys, Isaac's completely off the table. Yeah, I'm the same. After after that, I'm still patient enough with Markel Fultz that I'm not going to put him on the table. You know, I'm going to let him play to the end of his contract. Um, You know, kind of the the deal you made when you signed him or when you acquired him was that you were going to see him to the end. You were going to give him all the space that he needed to to improve and, and honestly, I think Fultz has delivered so far this year. I mean, oh, I think absolutely. I There's think that no you can't be upset at all with what you're getting from Markel Fultz. The Magic are a better team with him on the floor, and you know I agree with the fan frustration that that they they're not playing him a little bit more. I, I know the reasons they're not playing him more are health related, and and I and I applaud the team for kind of sticking to their guns there, but. There's always a tension between future development, injury management, and winning. And and it's November, so the all that stuff wins out. That you know the, the future development and injury management win out in November. We'll see if Fultz is not playing 30, 31 games. You know, playing through some soreness in in April and March. Um, but uh, but right now, you know, I I think you can't be anything but ecstatic with what you're getting from Markel Fultz. He gives the team something that they don't that they they haven't had in a while, in a guy you can attack off off the dribble. Yeah. Outside of those two, um, I think Mo Bamba is probably still untouchable. I, I don't think that, I mean, his salary makes it tough to trade him straight up for anything anyway. Um, but I, I don't see the magic throwing Mo Bamba into any deal, you know, unless it gets them like a really super guy that that that, that they they really like. Again, just another high-level guy. It's, a, um, it's far too early to give up. It's too Mo early Bamba. to give up on him. Yeah. Centers, centers take longer to develop and... and, and yeah, I think I think SB Nation put out a really interesting. Is SB Nation or the Ringer? It might have been the Ringer. The Ringer, I think, put out a really interesting video discussing uh, how most players by the end of their second year are kind of what they are. Um, and 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 you know, I think Rob Hennigan once said, "You kind of know who players are by the end of their rookie contracts." Um, so you know, we're, we're at a point where Mo's got to start showing some progress, and I would say that he that he has. In some respects, I, I have liked several of Mo's games, but it's just not consistent enough yet. Um, and I think just physically, he's just not there yet. I mean, he spent his summer getting his body better, yeah. and he's he is better physically, but physically, he's just not there yet. And and so I think you know, I I, I think you got to be patient with him a little bit. You got to give him at least another year. Um, got to give him this year. Give him give him probably next year too before you really start thinking. Okay, like what do we really have in this guy? Yeah. Um, uh, just as long as he's making progress, I think you're fine. You've got to remember the amount of basketball that he missed last year. I mean, that's obviously a, a huge factor. And yeah, he was still around the team. He was still developing in many ways. But he, obviously, nothing's a substitute for, for, for reps in an NBA floor um, as a rookie. I think you said the last time we gathered about a month ago um, that, that it's pretty much still ostensibly a rookie year for Mo Bamba this year. Um, Bamba's an interesting one for me because you've got a guy who's got wingspan till the cows come home. Um, he's really, really deceptively quick if if you're not watching the magic night in, night out in terms of how quickly he can get up and down that floor. Uh, so, I mean, you've, you've basically got two, two real sort of very contrasting 
um, and potentially massively useful tools in a league where athleticism and physicality is so prevalent. But physicality is, is sort of a double-faceted thing because speed's one thing, length's one thing, but there's a lack of, of real power about Mobamba's game. Despite his size, he doesn't strike me as someone that, that really uses that in a way where he, he's meaty and, and full of brawn, and I think that's what he's got to do. He's got to bulk up. But the other thing for me with Bamba, and this is where the intrigue I feel lies with him, is if you watch the Orlando Magic when they have the ball and they're attacking trying to get a basket, then Mobamba, I think, seems far more naturally aware of what he should be doing. Whereas, despite the length and, and all of the things that would make you think, and obviously his blocking in college and, and such like, you would think, right, this guy is going to be a defensive menace. But if you compare him to, say, a Mitchell Robinson, I think Mitchell Robinson looks far more comfortable, despite the fact he fouls quite a lot. I think he looks more comfortable when opponents are coming at him. Whereas I think Mobamba actually looks more comfortable when, when the Magic have the ball. And it's interesting, given all of the tools that he's got, it's almost like he's got this sort of Swiss Army knife of tools, but doesn't quite use the tools in the way that you would naturally think that he would. Um, and I think that, that for me, is going to be the interesting thing to watch with Bamba. If he manages to, to essentially make those tools work for him in a way that makes the, the best of his skill set, rather than just being a guy that has all these different things he can do but can't really put it together. Uh, and, and that's going to be the interesting thing to watch with him. But, yeah, I think far too early to give up on him. On Fultz, um, I, I'm with you. I mean... The, I, despite the, I mean, prior to last night, which was obviously a bonus, um, beating the Sixers, and I kind of had a feeling about that because the Magic have had so many games this season where they've been disappointing. I thought we're going to be a good team soon. Um, and, and they've been, last night. they've been knocked. I mean, I, I, I know fans have been frustrated with the team's record and, and results matter and the Magic have to get results, but they've been really close. I mean, they, they just haven't been able to put all the pieces together. But you, you look at, at the team... They played 11 games. They've had the lead in the fourth quarter of nine of them. So they're, they're not getting blown out of games. Really, the only blowout they've, they've suffered as a loss was against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you look back at their losses, really the only loss they've had to a you know, non-playoff team was at Atlanta, the second game of the season. And, and the Hawks are really are, are not a bad team. They're, they're a solid yeah, and team. Trey Young um, was special that night. Trey Young was special that night, yeah. Um, and it's their opening night. I... I Early season results are are fluky and weird. Um, you know, I think John uh, John Hollinger said something really interesting on the Athletic that you really find out who teams are from October to Christmas. Um, those first two weeks of the season are a lot of coin flips. Um, so I, I I I I think the Magic obviously they need to get results. They need to get wins, and 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 I think that matters. And and so I'm not saying that the Magic you know are are fine because they're playing close games, but uh, but. I do think that they're they're really that they're really close to figuring it all out and putting those pieces together. It's just about consistency and and you know last Wednesday, last night's game was or Wednesday night's game was a big step. It's the first win the Magic have against a playoff caliber opponent. Yes, they didn't have Joel Embiid, but that's still a pretty good Sixers team. Um, and, and I think that's going to only help them grow in confidence as, as they slowly get this thing pieced together. Yeah, I think so. And. Um, th- just on the point of, of sort of Fultz and the various other things, despite that losing record uh, at the start of this season, and don't get me wrong, through the first 10 games, I expected us to, to go at least 500 um, coming into the season. I think the, the big thing for me is with Markel Fultz there, with Jonathan Isaac playing like a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, there's so much to like about the start of the season for the Magic in terms of if you look at the bigger picture. So I think getting bogged down in, in sort of losing games and stuff. And I mean, the one that was really frustrating for me was the game um, against the Pacers because I thought we, we went through the first half and we were actually shooting the ball for a change. And I thought, I just knew what was going to happen because as a Magic fan, <laughs> there's certain staples just begin to to sort of reveal themselves time and time again. And this was one of these games where I thought, we're going to lose this in the second half because they're going to be more engaged um, defensively and we're not going to have an answer for it. Nate McMillan wasn't going to let another half of, of the magic of all teams shooting the ball like that and getting uncontested jumpers and stuff. So, um, that again, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier about the frustration maybe with a lack of coaching ingenuity in the offensive side because we, we knew that was coming. 
but we didn't have an answer for it. So that I get the frustration that fans have, but I think you've sometimes got to take a step back, especially in these early stages of the season. Look at the bigger picture. And I think in the bigger picture, in Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac, you've got two players that the Magic can be very, very excited about. And I think we might be looking in years to come at that trade, getting rid of Jonathan Simmons and a couple of second round picks for Markel Fultz. And we will be laughing at how the Philadelphia 76ers actually took that deal. Down for just a moment here so I can tell you a little bit about Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day audio uh, with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA to take advantage of this deal. Again, that's one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Just visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. However, that said, I understand why the Sixers took the deal. They wanted rid of Fultz so they could get rid of the circus roundabout him. And for the player himself, it was all about finding a new situation where he could go and just play his basketball and, and develop without quite the scrutiny of being in a massive market. And I think for all parties, it seems to have worked really, really well. So that is something to be happy about to start the season. Um just looking at things moving forward, and obviously there's been a lot talked about in terms of these trade rumours, um, if the Magic are to make a move at some point this season, who would you actively be trying to to sort of move on? And who do you think would be the person that could maybe push a trade through that you would be unhappy to get rid of, but you feel it might be needed? Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly... I think it might be the same person at this point. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm still not sure. Uh, I think that I think that a the trade market still hasn't really developed yet. Uh, you know, so so let's 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 take Demar Derozan maybe as as a for instance to just kind of play this out a little bit. If the Magic do want to get a guy like Demar Derozan to match salaries with him, he's making twenty seven million dollars this year. They would have to put either probably Nikola Vucevic on the table straight up, which I don't think the team's ready to do that yet, and start Ken Birch, you know, kind of full time. Mm-hmm. Um, Vucevic still does a lot for this team, um, and it's very difficult to replace what Vucevic does. So you know, you're reconfiguring your whole team kind of on the fly, which I don't think this team wants to do. Um, but if it's not him, then you're probably looking at Aaron Gordon, and I think Aaron Gordon still interests a lot of people around the league. And will be someone that teams are willing to are, are are willing to take a flyer on if they're starting to rebuild or if they're they're ready to maybe take a step back and, and rebuild a little bit. He's got two years left on his contract after this year. Uh, it's front loaded, so the the salary amount goes down and very that's, that's going to be a very very valuable asset. And I, and I do think you can get a good player for him. I know a lot of fans for some reason speculate that C.J. McCollum might be available. Um, I don't think that's the case. Um, but I do think that that you can get a, a a starter quality player and a high starter quality player for Aaron Gordon, and you have Al Farouk Aminu who can kind of maybe fill in his role as a starter if you go if you trade a big for a guard. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why you have Al Farouk Aminu is is just back up to, to back up for the Aaron Gordon Jonathan Isaac duo. Um, but at the same time. I still believe in Aaron Gordon. I know he's had a, a rough start to this to the season. He's starting to come around offensively, but he's he kind of derails the offense sometimes, and he he goes against his better na- his his better nature a lot. Um, but he's still really good defensively. He's a better playmaker. I mean, he he didn't have a great game last night, but he still finished with seven assists. 
um, got to the line a lot. So he's, he's, his game is growing. It's not where it needs to be for this team yet, not consistently, but he is still growing. And uh, and I would say that that it's hard to give up on a guy who's just 24 years old and, and has shown a lot of promise and shown a lot of potential. So I would be gutted if we get rid of Alex if, Gordon. If you trade Aaron Gordon, you need to be getting an all-star in return. Like I, I, I am a firm believer of that. You, you don't just, you don't, yeah. you don't shop him around unless you, you're, you're, you're aiming to get that big fish. And honestly, like I said, if the goal for this year is to, is to get in position to get that big player, Aaron Gordon is probably the guy you're trading to get him. You know, maybe it can be Evan Fournier. I think most fans would say trading Evan Fournier is the goal. And Fournier is on a quasi-expiring deal. He has a player option for next year for about $17 million. I've kind of floated the idea that if he has a good year, and he's had a good year so far, he could opt out and try and, you know, put the magic in a bind again and force them to pay pay him maybe a little bit more for a longer period of time, kind of extend his contract out a little bit. Um, But at the same time, you know, at the same time, he's kind of the guy that that doesn't always fit. Um, you know, they, they run a lot more offense through him than they should. Um, and, and, you know, it's not his fault sometimes. I think he he does his best. I think he his intentions are good. Um, but the Magic don't have a lot of shooters, so they, they kind of need him too. So it, it, it's going to depend on what you're getting back in return, what that team wants, and, and really how it fits into the bigger picture, the big picture of the team. I, I still think that I still think that the the magic need to be patient and let things develop. It's I know it's fun to talk about trade rumors and we got an early one this year involving the magic, but it's still really really early. Teams still haven't figured themselves out yet. The magic haven't figured themselves out yet. Um but you know, they could change very very quickly. Yeah, I think I'm totally with you. On the Aaron Gordon situation, I am just a lover of Double OEG. I've liked him since he came into the league. Uh and what I see, I saw the tweet that you actually you, you sort of picked up on from uh, Magic fan Andy Jordan, where he says Aaron Gordon when he just plays under the sort of rhythm of the offense and doesn't try to do too much or words to that effect. We, that is Aaron Gordon. If he does that, then he is a player that when he's not forcing it can do everything, bits of everything. So when he actually just plays in the rhythm and lets it come to him, then he is an all-star caliber player. But unfortunately, and it's getting to the stage now, year six, I mean, you have to say that the, the growing pains should eventually be coming to an end with him, despite his his relative youth. So with that, I, I think with Gordon, what you've got to see is in the next, I would say, calendar year or so, you've got to see that maturity come where he actually realises what he is. Uh, and I think if he doesn't do that, then he's going to be one of the league's big what-ifs, because He's a player that can do bits of it all, and when he lets it come to him, yeah. But when he doesn't do that, I think there is there is a real danger that Aaron Gordon forcing it is a real negative for this team. And a lot of fans get frustrated with him. And I like to give Gordon um, a bit of leeway in that regard and because I think, yeah, I want to see him try things because I want to see him expand his repertoire, which he always has done. But there's going to come a point, I think, as I say, in the next sort of year or so, where he's going to have to go, right, this is the player that I am, and I need to start making the right decisions more of the time, rather than just trying to dribble for baskets and then turning the ball over, or, or, or hitting up nonsensical turnaround jumpers. We can't have that. And especially as this team develops and other players begin to reach the sort of the, the, the peak, or at least the stride of the, the peak of their careers... Um, we can't be a team that is carrying an Aaron Gordon that is making the wrong decisions more often than not. That's going to be the big thing for him for me. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and and Gordon's still got a lot of development to go. I, I'm not giving up on him. I, I, I know I've been kind of beating the drum that he needs to be an all-star this year for the team to take that next leap. I, I still believe that. And honestly, I would say the biggest reason why the Magic have struggled to start the season has not been Vucci's shooting struggles, has not been the poor three-point shooting. I mean, it has been, but I think the biggest biggest struggle for the Magic so far this year has been Aaron's kind of taken a little... hasn't taken the step up that he needs to, and, and really he's struggling to get back to the level that he was last year. I mean, he's... To me, Aaron Gordon is still the barometer of the offense. Uh, when the offense is moving, the ball finds him instead of him finding the ball. Right now, he's finding the ball. He's trying to get the ball. He's trying to... To, to force his way into the offense, when in reality, 
if the offense is working, if he keeps the ball moving, it comes back to him and, and in positions where he can score more easily. And so I think I think that's just a really big thing for, for Gordon. I'm still on his train. I still believe in him. But he, he's he got to play a lot better uh, on, on both ends, honestly, for this team. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I think it comes down to the rhythm thing that you mentioned earlier, where Gordon had um, a bit of disruption during the summer as well. So I think all of those factors have combined for the Magic to stutter out the gates a little bit. But I, I'm, I'm quite positive that I think this team can get back to 500 before before too long. Um, and then the, it, there's obviously the difficult part of the season um, after Christmas where we look at it and we think, right, that's where the Magic are going to need to knuckle down and make sure that they don't get blown out um, night after night because there's, there, there's a run of some really difficult games, um, obviously with the odd sort of bottom feeder interspersed in between. But I, I think... My sort of overview in the months since we've last spoken is I feel that I've learnt quite a bit about some players and I feel that there's question marks about others. So players that I feel that I've learnt about, Fultz, Isaac, um, I feel that I'm still learning about Bamba, but I'm encouraged by the development of all all of those guys. Aaron Gordon, I think there's question marks there. Um, Evan Fournier came in off a really good World Cup for France and actually started the season fairly decently. Um, but I think I'm with you. I think Evan Fournier, if there's there's two pieces in this roster that I feel don't quite fit. One is Al Aminu, and I think part of that might be just down to the fact that he's, he's still adapting, although something about his style, I, I just I don't I just don't think it sort of seems to be fitting in with the rhythm of the team. And I think Evan Fournier remains the most frustrating player in the Magic's roster because even though he's the guy we sometimes turn to in the clutch and his statistics, uh, I remember you doing a piece last year which showed his statistics in the clutch are actually really good. Um, Evan Fournier is the player that will be forcing shots at the wrong time in the game and the Magic will be sort of coming up blank on possessions where they really need to be scoring. And just in terms of as a piece, in the overall bigger picture of the thing, I don't think he fits. Um, and that would be who I would be ideally looking to move on. And even if he does, if he thinks he can get paid more, then all the best to him. But if he opts out of his player option, I let him walk at the end of this season. No question. Yeah, uh, for, for sure. And, and, and I agree with a lot of that. You know, I, I like Evan Fournier. Um, I just think the Magic asks too much of him. Um and so, you know, it'd be tough to ask him to be a third scorer with his salary, um, which, you know, sometimes he is, sometimes he isn't. He's really kind of a secondary option on this team, uh, among secondary options. But, you know, I, th- I just think the Magic ask him to do more than, than he's capable of doing at a, a really high level. Um, certainly the Magic needed his shooting last year. And I think if he shot his regular percentage um, in the playoffs, for sure, if he was like, you know, he shot sub 30, but if he shot even 35% in the playoffs... I do think that would have maybe swung a game in their direction. Um, so he's still really important. Uh, but asking him to be a primary playmaker and distributor, he, he gets tunnel vision. He's a scorer by nature. Um, and, and so the Magic just don't have, don't have enough guys who can kind of create off the dribble and create for others. And, and Fournier has gotten better at that. Uh, I won't say that he hasn't improved at that, um, at that, at that, at that skill. Um, but... That's just not his game. And, and asking him to be your number two guy, uh, someone that you run a lot of plays for, I, I just don't think that that's ultimately where he's going to be successful or where he's going to find his most success in this league. Uh, and, and you know, he's done that. He's done a yeoman's work doing that. He's done a good job or as good of a job as he can playing that role. Uh, but, but for sure, the Magic need an upgrade at that wing position. And, 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 and you know, I think... I think that'll bleed a little bit into the Isaac Gordon discussion of, okay, you know, can we really play Isaac and Gordon together? And this year, they should absolutely continue that experiment. They should see if they can. But at a certain point, you need just better shooting and better, more consistent playmaking from that position, you know, better, you know, better scoring, honestly, because Fournier is a, score, a, a scorer, but not a great scorer. Um, and, and I just think the Magic has put a little bit too much on Fournier's plate. Uh, and, you know, he's done his best. I don't think it's an effort issue. I don't think it's a question of that I know fan and I think fans get frustrated with that but really that's a function of the magic making Fournier more than what he is yeah I'm totally with you on that I think that is just down to the limitations of the roster at the end of the day but 
I'm, I'm quite confident, as I say, that I think, um, th- 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 I think the as the saying goes here in the UK, the worm is beginning to turn. And I think, do you have that in the States, by the way? The worm is beginning to turn. Is that a, a, just a UK thing, or is that? I think that's a, a. I think that's a. Yeah. That's a, That's an English expression. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scottish as well. Scottish um, expression. Right? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I, <laughs> No, but I, I think the I think things are beginning to turn for the Magic, and I, I'm still quite confident that we're going to be a playoff team this year. And to be honest, because we made the playoffs last year, I think making the playoffs would be good again this year. And I think, as you say, it's quite important so that when it comes to the the sort of the bigger fish, um, even though it's not a great free agency market next summer, um, we need to be making the playoffs again just so that we we were a team that that could look like we could take that next step because we do have some interesting young pieces. Um, what's going to be interesting over the course of the season is the denouement of the 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 stylistic sort of implications of the team because I think there comes a point when you say right how much of a jump is Markel Fultz making and at what point do you actually say right we want to be running less of the offense through Nikola Vucevic um, and actually just letting Fultz dictate give him more minutes and let him just dictate things more more readily and 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 give him a bit more. Um, responsibility in that regard and I think that will be important for the Magic moving forward um, and I think it's, it's the it's the varying timelines of the various people in the roster that make this such a fascinating season um, and it's, got, it's going to be interesting to watch if the Magic do make a move or they don't I think we're both agreed that the DeMar DeRozan thing might be a bit of a red herring but I don't think it's unhealthy for us to, to appraise where the Magic are at in terms of if a, a decent trade opportunity did become available who you would go for and who you wouldn't and hopefully over the course of this podcast we've managed to do that for everyone yeah for for sure and I mean again I, I, I feel like it's a little early to do my trade my trade deadline warnings but let me give them out here First, hey. huh? Uh, no, I'm just saying, yay! That, that, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. quite glad we managed to get that out of you. I'm yeah, let's, let's 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 get, let's get my trade deadline warnings out of the way early this season. Um, first, stuff leaks for a reason. Um, so someone is doing the leaking for a purpose. So ask your so to worry less about the rumor itself and, and the contents of the rumor, and ask why is this coming out and and why is this coming out in the way that it is coming out. Um, the fact that the magic kind of were mentioned offhand in a article about the San Antonio Spurs was a bit odd. And so I think mm. some of that was, some of that was, and Kevin O'Connor is a really good reporter for the ringer. Some of that was Kevin O'Connor was asking around saying, Hey, what are you hearing on the trade market? Are our teams interested in DeMar DeRozan? And someone he talked to, or a couple of people he talked to, because it probably just, it wasn't just one person said, you know, yeah, yeah, man, the Magic have been calling around a lot. They're, they're looking for, for, for offensive guys. I mean, their offense is terrible. Of course they are. Um, you know, they, they've called about DeMar DeRozan. I think they're, I think they're interested. Um, you know, that's, that's, I would imagine that's probably how it went down. So, you know, it, it's, it, it's a little bit of just testing. You know, the, the reporter, I think, was testing the waters to kind of just get a sense of what was going on around the league. And that, you know, slipped out somehow, whether it was by agent or by another executive. Who knows? Um so again, I, I put more stock into the fact that the Magic are looking for offense, that the Magic are, are already beginning to investigate how to get their offense better, less than DeMar DeRozan. I, I, I don't think the DeMar DeRozan thing is as serious as that. Remember also that a lot of these rumors trail where teams actually are. Um, you know, they're probably a little further on in the, further on in, in their, in their kind of assessment of the market and where they are than what people are reporting. And so stuff, Stuff develops very quickly. Stuff falls apart very quickly. Um, and so by the time it leaks out, it's probably two, you know, maybe two, maybe three iterations behind. So look at rumors more as hints of what's going on and not sort of fact. Um, you know, when I, I take reporters at their word. If there's a reporter I trust and he says the, the magic, you know, got into discussions over this guy, I believe that someone told them it happened. Whether it actually happened or how serious it was, I, I don't I don't ever buy that those discussions, but I do believe that when a reporter reports something, if they're a trustworthy reporter, that it actually happened, or that they were or that they were told it happened. Um, to whose benefit that is is certainly something the reader should should try and figure out or, or, or ask questions about. Um, so again, it's going to be rumor season soon. Don't buy everything you read, but look behind look between the lines a little bit more with what you read as far as what these things mean when we get to them. 
yeah, I think that's a, a good note to end on. I do have quick three yes or no questions. I don't want any elaboration. I just want a yes or no answer to all three of these. Are you ready? Okay. Right, DeMar DeRozan, do the Magic make a trade offer for him? No. Evan Fournier, does he end this season on the roster as an Orlando Magic player? Yes. And Jonathan Isaac, does he win the Defensive Player of the Year award? No, but he will be on the at least the second team, second all-defensive team. Excellent. That's all I've got for you today, Phil. It's great to join you once again, and I'm sure we'll be having a few more of these chats throughout the season, my friend. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, thanks, Stuart. Thanks, Stuart, for coming on and asking me questions, flipping the tables on me. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you on find you find you and your work on the on the interwebs. Yeah, so you can find me on SkySports.com. Uh, that's S K Y S P O R T S dot com. Sky Sports. That's the uh, the company that broadcasts and uh, covers the NBA most extensively here in the UK. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Hodgy the Hack. So that's H O D G E Y the hack h-a-c-k um so you can find me hit me up on there if you've got any observations about this podcast or just about hoops in general or the magic um then make sure and get in touch i'll be delighted to speak to you yep yep definitely definitely do that Stuart does some great work over there especially if you're in in the uk i know i have some uk followers um so he's definitely someone that you should uh keep keep in touch with and and follow as well um thanks again Stuart, for for coming coming on uh coming on the show and uh, asking questions and we'll definitely do this again sometime Thank you, man. Stay safe. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.